the Quran was in Allah al-Mahfuz. As Allah Ta'ala says, Bal huwa Quranun Majid fi Mahfuz. It is an honored Quran in the preserved tablet. And Ibn Abbas he mentions to us and explains that the Quran was sent down in one shot for the lowest of heavens, to our realm, if you will. And that was on Laylatul Qadr. And then it was revealed in portions over the span of 20 years. And before the first encounter that the Prophet received with Jibreel and become, becoming a prophet, before that, the Prophet ﷺ was having a ru'ya sadiq, a ru'ya sadiqa, true dreams. As Aisha radhanha, she reports, أَوَّلُ مَا بُدِئَ بِهِ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ مِنَ الْوَحْيِ الرُّؤْيَ الصَّادِقَةَ فِي النَّوْمِ That divine inspiration to Allah's Messenger ﷺ began with true dreams in his sleep. This was the way that Allah Ta'ala began introducing him to the idea, preparing him for his mission, letting him know, preparing him to take on this responsibility of being a prophet, somebody who prophesizes, somebody who tells about the future, he would have these dreams at night, and then in the daytime he would go out, and what he dreamed would come true. And then, finally, when he did indeed become a prophet, Allah Ta'ala would reveal revelation to the Prophet And this is what I'd like to talk about today. How did the revelation come to the Prophet The different types of revelation are summarized in one comprehensive verse in which Allah Ta'ala says, وَمَا كَانَ لِبَشَرٍ أَن يُكَلِّمَهُ اللَّهُ إِلَّا وَحْيًا أَوْ مِنْ وَرَاءِ حِجَابٍ أَوْ يُرْسِلَ رَسُولًا فَيُوحِيَ بِإِذْنِهِ مَا يَشَاءٍ Allah Ta'ala says, it is not for any human being that Allah should speak to him except, number one, by revelation, wahyan. Number two, مِنْ وَرَاءِ حِجَابٍ from behind a partition. And number three, يُرْسِلَ رَسُولًا that he would send a messenger to, to reveal by his permission whatever he so willed. So let's talk about these three in a little more detail, inshallah ta'ala, to really get an appreciation of how revelation came to the Prophet Number one was what? Wahyan. Through revelation, inspiration. Sometimes the Prophet would have a dream, and that dream would be fulfilled, as Allah ta'ala mentions. لَقَدْ صَدَقَ اللَّهُ رَسُولَهُ الرُّؤْيَا بِالْحَقِّ that certainly Allah has showed to his messenger the, the true vision, the true dream, that he had a dream and an inspiration, that he saw the believers were going to what? Enter into Mecca. This was the conquest of Mecca, and indeed, of course, it did happen. That was a description of the future, and in other times you find that revelation would come as a prescription for the future. For instance, the prophet Ibrahim, السلام, he had a dream, and he told his son about it. He said, oh my son, indeed I've seen in a dream that I must sacrifice you. So it could be sometimes prescriptive or sometimes descriptive. But this is one way of revelation. It would come through dreams. Sometimes this revelation would descend upon him directly. This direct wahi would come to him. And how would that manifest? How would that take place? Before we pay attention and see how it would come to him, let's think about what's happening in the heavens. The Prophet informed us, when Allah Ta'ala would speak revelation, that the inhabitants of the heavens would hear the clanging of a bell from the heavens like, the cha like chains being dragged on rocks. And what, would that ha what, would that, what effect would that have? 
فَيُسْعَقُونَ So they would, you could say, swoon or be awestruck, be completely overtaken. Until what? فَلَا يَزَالُونَ كَذَلِكَ حَتَّى يَأْتِيَهُمْ جِبْرِيلٌ And they would stay in that frozen state when Allah Ta'ala is revealing revelation, all of the angels in the heavens would all freeze and be struck because of this noise, this sound that sounds like chains on rocks. And they would only unfreeze and be able to even move or talk when they would see Jibreel and they would ask. فَيَقُولُونَ يَا جِبْرِيلٌ مَاذَا, ماذا قَالَ رَبُّكَ They would say, O oh Jibreel, what did your master say? What did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? So he'd respond, فَيَقُولُ الْحَقُّ The truth. And so they would confirm and say, يَقُولُونَ الْحَقُّ الْحَقُّ Yes indeed, the truth, the truth. This is how this revelation would begin. Then it would be sent down. And I want you to imagine this monumental revelation as an event as it comes down upon one individual's heart. Imagine the pressure of such a responsibility. Imagine being the one who has to experience and witness this happening to you. After this revelation is declared in the heavens and all the angels are in anticipation and are struck by it, now it's coming down to you. And when the Prophet ﷺ was asked about this, كَيْفَ يَأْتِيكَ الْوَحِي How does revelation come to you, O Messenger ﷺ? He would say, أَحْيَانًا يَأْتِينِي فِي مِثْلِ صَلْصَلَةِ الْجَرَسِ that he said, at times it comes to me like the ringing of a bell. And it is the most difficult upon me. Imagine this revelation coming upon you and it sounds like the ringing of a bell. And it would have this effect on him. Where you have this pressure be put on him. And when it was over, he would retain it. When it was all over, I would, it would all be memorized. So subhanAllah, this is the way that revelation would come to him. Wahyan. But also it would come what? Min wara'i hijab, from behind a partition. An example of this is when the Prophet ﷺ went to Isra wal Mi'raj and he got to be in the Divine Presence. And Abu Dhar, anhu, he asked the Prophet ﷺ, What was that like being in the Divine Presence? Did you get to see your Lord? Sa'altu Rasulullah, Did you see your Master? Did you see your Lord? Qala, Nurun anna arah. He said in response, Light. How could I see him? In other words, all I could see was light. Why? Because Allah Ta'ala's partition, Allah Ta'ala's hijab is nur. It is light in and of itself. So he says, how could I possibly see? The partition was just light. This is similar to Musa alayhi salam. When he, when Allah Ta'ala says, وَلَمَّا جَاءَ مُوسَى لِمِيقَاتِنَا When Musa alayhi salam arrived at our appointed time, وَكَلَّمَهُ رَبُّهُ And his Lord spoke to him. قَالَ رَبِّ أَرِنِي أَنظُرْ إِلَيْكِ He said, oh my Lord, let me see you as well. Imagine, you've gotten to the status of being Kalimullah, the one who can speak to Allah, and you're like, that's not enough. I still want more, Ya Allah. I don't just want to speak to you. I want to see you as well. But of course, he was not able to do so. And Allah Ta'ala explained it to him and showed him that he would not be able to handle it. So we have different examples of how Allah Ta'ala would speak to different messengers, but would not, they would not be able to see him. And the third one was what? Yursila Rasulan. That he would send a messenger. And in this case, we're talking about Allah Ta'ala sending Jibreel alayhi salam. There are many ayat that mention Jibreel and how he brought the revelation. He was the teacher of the Prophet and he would come to him and speak to him. Sometimes he would see him in his full form, taking up the entire horizon. And other times he would come in the form of a man. It is none other than he, Jibreel, who has brought this Qur'an down upon your heart, O Muhammad by Allah's permission. As Allah Ta'ala mentions to us, Indeed, this Qur'an is a revelation from the Lord of the worlds. 
from a trustworthy spirit who has brought it down upon your heart that you may be of the warners. So these are the different methods. As the Prophet described, sometimes it would come to me like this ringing of a bell, and it would be so heavy upon me, and other times he says, And at times it comes from an angel in the form of a human being, and I retain whatever he says. Why do I mention these different methods of revelation? I mention them because all of them were a great difficulty upon the Prophet All of them, none of this came easy. Allah subhanahu wa tells us, This is a heavy word. Allah subhanahu wa describes this Qur'an as something heavy. Why? Because it's supposed to make an impact on you. It's supposed to be a weight upon you. It's supposed to be something that has an effect on you and an effect on the society around you. It is supposed to be something that you actually strive towards. In fact, we know that Zayd ibn Thabit, he said, he was the katib, he was the writer of the Qur'an. When the Prophet received revelation, there were different people appointed to write. And one of them was Zayd ibn Thabit. And he says, Kuntu ila jambi Rasulullah I was on the side of the Prophet, beside him. We were sitting next to each other. And then the tranquility came upon him. As in revelation came down. And his thigh was on top of my thigh. You can, see, you can imagine people sitting cross-legged next to each other and one person's thigh is close to the other and then he feels this pressure. And I never felt anything heavier than this crushing pressure upon my leg of the Prophet You can imagine. What was the Prophet going through? What type of pressure was he feeling? If this is just one Sahabi sitting close to him and feeling the pressure. We know that a man came to the Prophet ﷺ asking a fiqh question. Am I allowed to do, I believe it was a, either hajj or umrah, and I have a certain type of perfume on me, is that allowed or not? And so the Prophet ﷺ, he said, let me come back to you. So he went, I believe it was to a tent behind a partition, and then he started to receive revelation. And Umar ibn al-Khattab al-Anhu, he actually said to the man, Ta'al, ayasurruka an tanzura ila nabi sallallahu he says, hey, come here. Would you like to see the Prophet as he's receiving revelation? You know, this is normal for Umar. And for the close companions, this is something normal. So this, you could say, relatively new individual. He's like, hey, you want to see this? He says, yeah, I would. So he takes him. I said, yeah. So he opened the partition. And And I saw him and he was breathing so heavy. It's almost like a snoring. Now, obviously... We're not talking about somebody sleeping. We're talking about somebody who's clearly awake under severe pressure. And they're making that heavy breathing sound. It was difficult upon the Prophet ﷺ. And Aisha Ralanha, she describes it. I used to see him when the revelation would come upon him. When it was a severely cold day. And yet what would happen? that I noticed that the sweat beads would formulate on his head and start dripping from his forehead because of the inspiration. Cold day, and yet you start to sweat profusely. She also reports that she saw when the wahi would come, when the revelation would come upon the Prophet if he was on top of a mount, if he was on top of some sort of an animal riding, the animal couldn't keep going. They would have to stop because of the pressure. It couldn't keep walking comfortably. In كَانَ لَا يُوحَى إِلَى رَسُولَ اللَّهِ وَهُوَ عَلَىٰ رَاحِلَتِهِ 
فَتَضْرِبُوا بِجِرَانِهَا If the revelation was coming to the Prophet ﷺ and he was on his mount, it would stay in its place and unable to move. It would become stuck because of the pressure. This is the weight of revelation. But there's more to it than that. It's not just the weight of the revelation coming to humanity and how difficult it was upon the Prophet ﷺ to receive this. Think about the weight, or you could say the pressure, of retaining it correctly, of making sure you hold on to every word, knowing that you are the vessel that is going to guide humanity. He would be so concerned with getting every word correct that he would rush in the repetition. The moment it was memorized, the moment that he understood and listened to his teacher and retained it, he would go over it again and again. And Allah Ta'ala had to say, too much, it's enough. لا تحرك به لسانك لتعجل به Don't move your tongue with it so quickly to hasten the recitation of the Qur'an. Why? Because Allah Ta'ala is going to guarantee it's okay. It's going to come and it's time. Don't rush. Don't push yourself so much. Don't be overly eager. It's coming. There's the weight of the physical revelation itself. The weight to retain and the pressure to retain it correctly. And then there's the weight and the pain of being ridiculed and attacked for just trying to guide people aright. How difficult it is and how frustrating it is that you're just going through all this so you can help others, and what do they do? They mock, and they insult, and they persecute. And the Prophet ﷺ received revelation about this. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said what? قَدَ نَعْلَمُوا إِنَّهُ لَيَحْزُنُكَ الَّذِي يَقُولُونَ We know that you, O Muhammad Wasallam, are saddened, are grieved, are pained by what they say. Pressure upon pressure upon pressure. Inshallah ta'ala, I'd like to make some concluding remarks in the second khutbah. Wa sallallahu alayhi wa Muhammad wa ala alayhi wa sahbihi wa sallam sallam kathira. Bismillah wa alhamdulillah wa salatu wa sallam ala rasulillah. This entire revelation was received through sacrifice. So the question I want us all to go home with and think about, inshallah, hopefully throughout the week. Do we appreciate how this Qur'an came to us with such ease? It's easy for us. We have it Masahif in the home, we have it on our phones, we have it anywhere we want to go, always available. It comes to us with ease because this Islam has been spread. But do we ever consider and appreciate how difficult it was for those who initially spread this message, for, those, for the one who received this message, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? Do we sit with our teachers to learn the Qur'an so passionately that our teachers tell us, slow down, it's okay, you're going to get it? Or do we neglect it? Do we contemplate the meaning of the Qur'an so much that it's like a ringing in our ears, like a ringing in our minds, like a weight on our consciousness, like a responsibility to be conveyed? Do we have that same attitude that this Qur'an is heavy upon me and I can feel it ringing in my consciousness when I think about various ayat and how they strike me and how they're relevant to my life and how I need to apply them? Do we have this type of relationship with the Qur'an? Do we convey this message to the people around us, to those who are in need of guidance? Have we ever been ridiculed for conveying this message, for conveying this Qur'an to others? You know, when the Prophet ﷺ first received this revelation, this first command, Iqra', and he was shaken by it, and he went back to his wife, Khadija, he ran home and he said, what? Wrap me up, cover me up. Why was he saying this? Because perhaps he was intimidated 
slowly realizing what type of a responsibility he was being given. That responsibility has been passed on to every single one of us. And him remaining wrapped up, covered up. I don't want to deal with the world. I just want to make it all go away. Let me stay in my bed. Let me stay warm. Let me stay where it's safe. Had he remained there, then guidance would have never been spread. So Allah Ta'ala revealed what? Ya ayyuhal muzammil, qumil layla illa qalila. Oh, you who is wrapped up, get up and pray in the night except for a little bit. You need your spiritual practice, your spiritual tarbiyah, development. You need to work on yourself. You need to grow spiritually, connect with your Lord. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also revealed what? Ya ayyuhal muddathir, O you who is covered up, qum fa'anthir, get up and go warn. During the daytime, your job is to convey this message. During the nighttime, it is to personally connect with your Lord. That is your job. You need to iqra, read continuously, learn, benefit from this knowledge, and then stand up, get up and move, both during the day to convey it and in the night to practice it and to get closer, a spiritual recharging to keep you going and to connect you to your master. SubhanAllah, I think most of us are still wrapped up. The sad reality is, I believe that most of us, we're in our beds. We're wrapped up under the covers with our phones. We're neglecting our responsibilities, anesthetized by entertainment, just completely devoid of any sense of responsibility. We should think about these ayat. Ya ayyuhal muddathir, ya ayyuhal muzammil. Think about it like it's being spoken to you. Why are you and I asleep? Why is the ummah just sitting and neglecting this Qur'an? Why don't we read it, memorize it, pray with it? Make dua to Allah Ta'ala that He opens up its truth, its meaning, its guidance in our lives. Why aren't we conveying it to anybody? Why isn't this a responsibility? Why are we still asleep? Do we just want to sit and watch television, wrapped up in our beds? Remember these ayat. Ya ayyuhal muddathir, qum fa'andir. O oh, you who is covered up, go out and warn. Ya ayyuhal muzammil, qum al-layla illa qalila. O you who is covered up, get up and pray. The ummah is collectively asleep, unfortunately. But we know that yes, we might have to work hard now. But the objective of working hard is not just because it's difficult for the sake of difficulty, no, because it makes the future better, both in the terms of this dunya and in terms of the akhirah. This is the responsibility you need to adopt, you need to embrace, you need to accept that it's time for us to rise up and embrace this Qur'an as it should be embraced. Alhamdulillah, the month of Ramadan is coming and I'm hoping that inshallah ta'ala, even from now, we start preparing for this month. May Allah ta'ala make us of those who are always connected to the Qur'an. May Allah ta'ala make us of those who contemplate it day and night. May Allah ta'ala make us of those who memorize it and convey it to others. May Allah ta'ala make us of those who apply it in our lives and never neglect the Qur'an. May Allah Ta'ala make us of those who are an example to our children that see us holding the Qur'an regularly, not sparingly, not rarely, not only one month out of the year, regularly holding the Mus'haf and memorizing Allah Ta'ala's words. Amin Ya Rabbil Alameen.